Master Tavern Keeper's History of the Old World. Right then, shall we talk about the old ones then? Oh, yes, please. My knowledge is scant upon these. Although, that said, the Arabian scholar Ibn Jalaba was able to unearth some information that he shared with my tutor and I from his time in the hidden city, Zlatlan. Oh, is that so? Well, if you've anything to add to what I can, then uh, please chip in. The oral tradition of the truth sayers is far from complete. And most of the plaques of the lizardmen that they uh, left in Albion were hurriedly taken back to Lustria during the Great Catastrophe, so all of our first-hand knowledge has been uh, transmitted orally. Oh, yeah, yeah, orally is the best way, though, in my uh, opinion. Oh, uh, um, are we still talking about the same thing, Heinrich? Ah, uh, anyway, I'll add what I can, but I suspect, uh, Cedric, you are the expert here. But you cannot feign ignorance on this subject, Master Tavernkeeper. For it was you who told us all about the god of the skinks. So, t- so, so, um, so, something, the deliverer. The one who chased the skaven out of Lustria. Ah, I think you mean Sotek, the deliverer. The returned saviour of the lizardmen. And yes, indeed, we did speak at length about him. Oh, excellent. There's no need to bother with him. And he's the major one, to be honest. Instead... I'll turn my attention to those old ones whom are lost to us. Those that disappeared from our world with the coming of chaos. Ah, yeah, yeah. But uh, before you do, Master Alchemist, can you tell me this one thing? Are they actually gods? Oh, no, that really does depend on your point of view. Hmm. Let me put it like this. There is much of a god to the likes of us. As I am to the wood louse on the forest floor. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yes and uh, yet no. Hmm. So, what were they then? Oh, well, I'm not saying they were aliens. But they were aliens. Ancient aliens, no less. Ah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I'm uh, not familiar with the ways that you are using this uh, word... Alien, so uh, what, what do you mean? Ah, he means entities that are not native to our world. Ah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I'm not sure that that actually answers my question, though. Ah, well, it's fair enough, to be honest. For who, or perhaps what the old ones were, is really a mystery. But they are now viewed as creator gods by the lizardmen, and... Truth be told, many truth sayers as well. What is known is that they were beings of immense intellect and power who held to a great design, a great plan for all the universe that would ensure the dominance of beings like them, the races of order, peace and creation, over those of chaos, war and destruction. They first came to our world from beyond the heavens in uh, silver ships, that could traverse the void between the stars. These were ships that apparently resembled their temples, 
those uh, ziggurats that dominate the skyline of their cities. A fellow truth-sayer, Maeve, with whom I uh, studied, a truly brilliant scholar with an insatiable hunger for knowledge and an incisive mind, told me that she believed that the very largest and most ancient of the temples now found in certain key cities of the Lizardmen are in fact these very same ships. Oh, now that is interesting. But what of the two gates at the two poles of our world? Did the old ones not travel by these? The what, Master Tavernkeeper? Ah, well, they had a pair of gates between our world and the realms beyond the stars, at the North and South Poles, that they also used to travel hither and thither. It was these that were destroyed during the Great Catastrophe, and allowed the realm of chaos and the demons therein to flood into our world. Ah, oh, yes, that's right. Well, these were built after their initial arrival, primarily by their most favoured servants, the Slan, to each of whom the individual old ones had granted a portion of their own godly might through both their teachings and by more uh, direct esoteric means. In point of fact, it was the first Slan who were really responsible for constructing all of the temples and the cities and the polar gates themselves, with the old ones merely overseeing the process as they themselves flitted between our world and a thousand others. What? Just a moment. A thousand others? Not well, at least according to a fragment of an ancient plaque unearthed at the Forge of the Old Ones, the temple city that stands in Albion. It states that we are one of many, many realms. What? And and there is still a temple city standing in Albion? There most certainly is. More on that later, perhaps, though. Anyhow, to the Old Ones, natural science, alchemy and magic were one and the same. A spectrum that began with the most uh, fundamental natural laws on one end and esoteric high magic on the other. And this allowed them to uh, shift the laws of reality to suit their will. They also created many uh, techno-sorceress relics that defy understanding and are uh, unreproducible, even by the slan who remain. But one thing they do seem to have retained knowledge of, the slan I mean, is the uh, use of gates and portals between certain places. Although uh, the uh, slans seem to have been uh, fairly careful not to employ them too much. Perhaps they're wary of causing an instability, similar to that which befell the great gates to our realm that allowed chaos to bleed into it. By the gods, this past few minutes has been full of revelations, even for me, someone who thought they'd delve deeply into the arcane histories. Hi. There's much hidden on Old Albion, I can tell you. Anyhow, speaking of gods, shall we uh, take a quick peek into the older pantheon of the old ones? I think that's what Heinrich here is uh, clamouring for. Ah, yeah, yeah, please. The Master Tavernkeeper went into uh, glorious great depths talking about Sotek, but uh, I want to know who else is there? What other old ones existed? Ach, well, in the oral tradition of the truth, sirs, the names of a good number of the old ones have been preserved in the tales that describe the tutelage of the first truth sayers and the warriors that guarded them, but uh, three in particular are mentioned more than most, so I think it's best we start with those. The first of these was Choltek, the lord of the sun and bringer of warmth and energy, whose sacred colour was orange. We used to invoke his name at the winter solstice to bring an end to winter, but as old Albion has become ever rainier and more mistrouded, he has become forsaken and forgotten. The second is Potek. He who shields against the supernatural, and uh, his name is still often used as a word against evil. 
But actually beyond that, little is now known of him. Finally, we have Tepok, the Lord of Wisdom and Magic, sometimes referred to as the uh, Feathered Serpent, Lord of the Skies and God of the Air, the unscrutable guardian of sacred places. It is said that the, uh, you may have heard of this thing, mythic flying serpent, the Coatl, is an avatar of Tepok and an embodiment of savagery and bloodshed that will appear in times of dire need to his followers. Much as Poltek's name is uh, invoked as a word against the supernatural, so too is Tepok's, but as a word against uh, dark magics, particularly those employed by the uh, Druki. May a curse be upon their kind. Eh? What? Ah, uh, apart from your friend Taralian, of course, Heinrich. <laughs> oh, so you know that dark elf fella? He's an interesting one, I can tell you. Quite the warrior. Although I sense that there's uh, still much conflict within him. Oh, well, speaking of warriors and conflict, how about we get on to the uh, more, what should I say, the more martial old ones, eh? The most well-known of these is Talanxla, a warrior god who apparently rode into battle atop some kind of sky chariot. Oh, by the way, chariots are very popular with the uh, Albionites, and the warriors that ride then to battle on them train constantly, much like your ancient Nehekarins there, uh, Master Tavernkeeper. They are furious death dealers, adroitly feared. Ah, really? Very interesting. Much like the depictions of the god Petra of the Tomb Kings. Alas, though, these days, charioteering appears to be a declining art amongst many peoples. Aye, you're not wrong there. Anyhow, the name Talangsla is not a forgotten one. It's still invoked by chariot makers across Albion to this day, although none know who they're calling upon, nor why. Moving along. There are also the twins, Quetzal, known as the Defender and Quetli, known as the Protector of the True Way, both of whom were often invoked before battling the minions of the Dark Gods during the Great War Against Chaos. Yet another old one who was widely worshipped by the ancient Albionites was Zotl, the chooser of those destined for greatness. Albionite history is thus littered with the tales of many heroes, with the kings of each and every tribe claimed to descend from one of these legendary fingers of times past. But it didn't stop there. During the training of warriors, certain other old ones were apparently also invoked in order to uh, harness the skills that they embodied. Oh, yeah. As a warrior myself, this particularly interests me. Who was I calling upon these ancient Albionites? Well, you've got Tzakatli, the one who gives strength to a warrior's arms and Tsunki, the god of water, agility, and keen eyesight. There was Tlezcotl, the impassive, associated with the color yellow, who embodied patience and determination, and Quaxton, the predator god, he who stalks the deep forests. There's also Huanchi, the jaguar god, god of earth and night. Zokha, the spirit of stone, giver of strength, and the arbiter of duty, who was also worshipped by the ancient guardians of the true sires in particular. Beyond these, we have but a few names, but not much else. There is Itzel, the god of beasts, Zolanka, the lost, who apparently disappeared before the great catastrophe, Uxmak, the messenger of the gods, Thrakotan, the sleeper in the stars, and lastly, 
im hammocks, querci, zapati, yuxa, and konalza, whom I, uh, that was the last one I mentioned earlier. Oh, and finally, we do actually have rig, also known as the exiled, and sometimes called the outcast, and spoken of in the uh, feminine, which is very unusual. Ah, now, I have heard that name before. When I lived in Skeggy, it was spoken of in uh, hushed tones by some of the Norse who'd been driven mad by their time outside of the settlement and would often mutter incoherently about warrior women in the depths of the jungle. I dare say no more, though. Oh, really? The name is unknown outside of the Order of the Truthsayers, I thought. But uh, her worship is actually quite widespread amongst the common folk of Albion, who call her Danu the mother goddess, although their understanding of her confounds my understanding of them. It's all become a bit uh, confused over the centuries, truth be told. Anyhow, we refer to all these old ones as the departed, for when the great catastrophe came, these ones all disappeared. Yes, indeed. Like the farmer who drops the whole pail of milk, but then flees the scene rather than staying to clean it up, leaving all the beasties of the wild to come and feast upon the mess. Oh, well, that's a strong metaphor you're using there, Master Tavernkeeper. But uh, to be perfectly honest, I'm not sure that you're so wrong. They fled the fledgling world that they had shaped in order to avoid becoming stranded here themselves, leaving the races that they'd taken under their wings to fend for themselves against the gamut of chaos as it poured into our world. And doomed us all. Ach, ostensibly. But we were not ignorant babes. They had armed and armoured their chosen with knowledge and know-how. It was their servants, the slan, that bore the brunt of the initial assaults by the demons of chaos. And although many fell, it certainly blunted the fangs and tusks of the great enemy before sheer weight of numbers drove them back to the jungles of the new world. The next to feel the wrath of the Neverborn were the High Elves of Ulthwang, but empowered by the magic that had flooded the world with the coming of chaos, the demons found themselves faced with an implacable foe in the elves, although the slaughter on both sides was unimaginable. It was also during this period that they saw the rise or re-emergence of many gods, beings of superhuman abilities, empowered by the unfettered magic that howled through the world and driven to greatness by the conflict. Some were revenants from the past. Others were raised up to greatness by the conflict itself. However, fire cannot be quenched by fire. It must be smothered or its fuel eliminated. The elven mages did a bit of both when they created the great vortex to absorb and disperse the magic of chaos but they did not complete this feat alone, despite what they still persist in claiming. Oh, really? My friend, the exiled archmage, Calhordis Whitemane, was quite adamant that it was the elves alone that had saved this world in those dark days. Ach, now you don't say it here. A high elf being haughty, arrogant and superior. Why, I've never heard the like. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, they're always so humble. <laughs> Ach, no, of course they had help. One source came from Lustria, as the slan there strengthened the geomantic web in the west 
to allow greater and greater amounts of magic to be drawn down into the vortex. The other source came from the east, from Albion. Oh, really? From us mere men. Ah, yes. Although we weren't alone. One of the parting gifts left by the old ones for the truth-sayers of Albion was a race of giant warriors to aid them in their endeavours. Ah, now you've mentioned these to me before. The infamous giants of Albion. Ah, yes. Bollocks. I beg your pardon. Ah, you heard right. I think it's time to talk. Bollocks. <laughs> <laughs>